Welcome to Multi Multi, the podcast where we talk about the multitude of multi-site student ministry. My name is Joe Crab, and I am joined here today by our always faithful co-host, Mrs. Kimberly Schuler. Well, hello, y'all. And of course, T Cal making us sound better than I look. Thanks, T Cal. Amen. We call him T Cal. His name is Trevor, and we are joined here by a very special guest. Uh, I would call him a multi-multi all-star, Mr. Ben Hickson. Well, hello. Ben, as you guys know, has been on the podcast before, as Ben has spent years here at Woodside, and for about eight of those years, uh, was a student ministry pastor, family ministry pastor at one of our campuses, White Lake, and Ben has brought just such great insight into the life of a student ministry, family ministry, and just staff member uh, at a campus uh, as a part of the team at large. And uh, Ben, uh, how are you doing, brother? Doing well. Summer's wrapping up beautifully. Yes, yes. And so, Ben, I was thinking of Summer, uh, one of uh, one of those great podcasts out there called How'd They Do That? They featured you mm. recently. And I was excited. I thought that maybe it was a live interview. Um, and so I queued that sucker up. But it was your recording from Multi-Summit, which was phenomenal. Wow. Which yes. was really, really Honored. good. Speaking of podcasts, as you guys know, Multi Multi is a part of the Youth Ministry Podcast Network, a family of podcasts with all distinct focuses, but the same heart to equip and encourage those who are looking to reach this generation with the gospel. So make sure that you check out the Youth Ministry Podcast Network on Instagram and Twitter at Youth Ministry PN and give them a listen. Fringe Youth Worker Podcast, Controlled Chaos, Why We Stayed, Youth Ministry United, just a few of those who make up this family. We would uh, love for you guys to, to give them a listen, a like, a subscribe, a review, um, follow them along. They've got some great voices and great hearts. Glad to be a part of the Youth Ministry Podcast Network family. So family, let's talk about looking forward. As you guys know, this is one of the, the episodes that uh, is in our rhythm in which we look three months ahead. It is one of those daunting tasks that everyone always talks about doing in ministry. Man, if we could just get ahead, we could just get ahead, you know, not have to deal with the tyranny of the urgent. And we live that. We still live it now. Uh, but we have always uh, looked to fight against it and think well in advance. I think that's been one of the healthy marks of our team over the years and a culture that Kim and Ben have been key in creating is how do you look ahead to set yourself up well um, to have a greater impact in the lives of students, better equipped leaders, have a greater partnership with parents and continue to have a healthy team across multi-site. So we are now looking to November. No show November at that. Yes, exactly. Now, no show November, a little fun thing that we came up with, a little play on no shave November. Ben, have you ever done no shave November? You know, once upon a time, but uh, the missus was not a fan. Probably no one else either. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember you growing out this beard because I think I remember you uh, chopping it off in different phases oh, and giving yes. yourself some different looks, some mutton chops. Probably and... the most liked Insta post I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kim, no shave November? <laughs> uh, Your thoughts on it, not if you have done oh, it. Oh, oh wow, wow, okay. wow! Clear, whoa. clear that up there, folks. 
Oh, no, I meant uh, purposely Trevor, made don't, that awkward don't edit for out everyone. That, uh, Your there. husband used to rock a great beard, but oh, since working for Chick Fil A, right? No beard. Mm-mm. No, no beard. And as we're recording this episode, we're sitting in the midst of a Chick Fil A controversy, um, and their mac and cheese in Boston Market. Throwing some shade, yeah. Wow. Man. Yeah. Um, we're going to we're gonna have to do a taste test on the Boston right. Market Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. mac and cheese. I'll be sure to arrange that for you all, no problem. But I know Wait, that... Wait, hold on. We cannot move ahead until we hear from you, Joe. Have you ever been able to do No Shave <laughs> November? <laughs> wow. Shots fired. Wow, boom. Roasted. <laughs> Um, no, so that's actually one of my reoccurring jokes that I make to, to families. So I am 34 years old, and when I'm in front of parents, I talk about, hey, I'm entering into my 16th year of doing student ministry, and I understand it doesn't look like I've been doing much for 16 years, and that's because of my inability to grow facial hair. Uh, <laughs> it does. It looks like a middle school boy. It's very, like, wispy. I don't get that 5 o'clock shadow. Um, I looks very much like Paul Pierce. So those of you guys out there who get that, it's splotchy and just looks bad. And it looks like I just, I'm lazy and I don't have the time. So I, but the thing that sucks is it still grows in. So I still, so still have, have to shave, shave but yeah. I don't get the privilege and honor of looking manly in that sense. But you know, guys, we're, we're talking about November and I think what one of the trends that we see in our ministry, in our lives, in our ministry context, and in the uh, others across the board, is that November is just kind of that placeholder. Um, for some of you guys, you might have that fall retreat or that D now or that conference on the beginning of November, but generally the second half of November is just kind of there. You've spent all this energy and effort kicking off into September, getting leaders back and getting back to that school year rhythm, getting small groups going. Then you launch into maybe that major event, that D now, that retreat. And now what? It can kind of be like, oh, okay, um, I'm here. I feel like I can kindly catch my breath, which is important to do so. But we know that another busy season is coming, uh, especially depending on your context and what your church or your campus uh, does for Christmas. And then it's break in January and February, which we'll talk about in coming episodes. But uh, what are some things that you think that the listener should be thinking about or even doing now in August, September, uh, to prepare for November, December. Let's start, we want to hit a couple buckets when it hits leaders, students, parents, and staff. So let's start with leaders. What are some things that you guys think that um, we need to be thinking about or even doing in preparation for November? I think leaders training is a huge, huge value uh, to do around this time. If you haven't touched base with your leaders, and dare I say, if you have not even solidified your leaders for the fall, um, then y- yeah, pony you are, up and you, get on You're already horse. a day late and dolly short, so hit pause. <laughs> yes. Start scrolling your Facebook friends and seeing who would be a great, great yes. small group leader. Um, but the leaders training is so key to setting the vision, casting it in, uh, getting everyone on the same page for the fall. And with that, I think... Uh, Starting to build those relationships as leaders with those students now will carry on into the fall, especially in those lower times or those times where you may see students drop off. 
if you don't have that relational rapport that you started back in August, September, and maybe even through the summer, and maybe you've carried on your small group or you've seen leaders carry on um, their small group for three, four years, that just builds so much rapport with not only the student but also the family that you can make that phone call in November, even December, saying, hey, I haven't seen Susie in three weeks. Just want to check in, see what's going on, and continue that relationship even if it's not inside these four walls of a church building. Um, So, you know, the time of sports and everything, it fluctuates. So we see students come and go, um, but it's also then doing our diligence post-retreat too. You want to think about what is that follow-up going to be for those students and for those leaders? What are those resources going to be so that they can most um, be informed and resourced to impact um, and to be a part of those students' lives and their decisions post-retreat um, because you, you, you're you at that high on the retreat, right, Ben? Like students come off and they are ready to go after what decision they just made or they're on fire because they just spent a whole weekend with their friends and got to worship in just this space that was very sacred to them. And then they go back to school that next day. Um, so how are you thinking through strategically right now, post that fall retreat of ways that you can set up your leaders for success to continue that post that retreat and having further conversations, helping those students hold to those decisions and just be on fire for Christ, not just that week after the retreat, but through November, December and onward. Yeah, I think, um, I think I agree with the, the the training side of that, and training can happen through encouragement, and uh, it's so important in that season to encourage. I think in two specific ways to encourage them through thanking them. Uh, they got in, they survived the launch, the the ship moved off the dry dock and into the sea, and it, there are some waves at that moment. If you've seen those YouTube videos, right, and and so you just want to thank them personally, maybe strategically. You're sending them a, a a coffee house scan code so they can pick up some coffee on the way to work out of a busy season, and, and giving them a personal note that celebrates uh, what they've done and what they've survived. I think thanking each leader on your team specifically in that season. Uh, really validates the investment they've made two months in at a time that they're going to receive it well. And uh, the other way you encourage a leader, I think, is uh, speak into uh, encouraging the right behavior next. That's right? good. Encourage the right behavior next. And, and so, you know, leaders get encouragement and validation in all sorts of ways. And week to week, whether we want them to or not, they end up feeling encouraged or not by the students that show up. They've got a big group. They feel great. One kid showed up. They're down in the pits again. And, and so that population of attendance is a form of encouragement. And as No Show November kind of k- takes off and maybe some students get busy in a different season, it's important to remind and encourage in leaders that um, an out-of-sight, out-of-mind ministry only contributes to the idea that faith is something that happens inside a church wall alone. And we don't want to encourage that. And so we want to be investing in them and encouraging them by sharing stories of leaders who are doing well a job of um, getting out into their students' world, getting out into their students' events, getting out into their students' lives. And um, when we encourage by sharing stories of success outside of the ministry program, we're going to speak into that idea that faith and that growth and development happens not in our program, but in each person's life. 
Amen. Amen. That's really so good. true. Yeah. It's, it's, it shows them, it's really the time to show them that hey, discipleship occurs outside of four walls uh, and it's not marked by your perfect attendance, but by me predictably showing up in your life yeah. and reminding you that this is the place that you belong. I think one of the lies that students so easily believe is that if they haven't been there for two weeks or two months, that they are somehow not wanted mm-hmm. or that it's going to be weird or people are going to be upset that they haven't showed up in however long. And so where we might as adults or leaders think, you know what, I I texted them, they should know. So often those lies speak far greater than that truth. And you have to continue to knock on that door for that student and share with them, hey, no, I, I want to see you there. Or Again, by showing up outside of those walls, yeah. it invites them back in. Or when they do show back up, like, oh, okay, like this is the place where I am. I'm wanted. I do belong. And they're hearing that message all over the place. That's why so many of them gravitate towards teams or activities because it's predictable. They feel a sense of community. They yep. feel a sense of purpose and belonging. And so I think that's key. I know we're going to get to that with with students, uh, but I want to give one final thought on on leaders. And you guys both hit on it, but we want them to make sure that they are modeling that to students. But as a staff member, you need to make sure that you're modeling that to leaders. And I think this is definitely the time to begin to make sure that you are setting up that those one-on-ones or whatever your structure might be with your staff where you have lay leaders that serve as a team leader or coaches uh, to make sure that now they're meeting with them. You know, you've kind of been meeting for six, eight, ten weeks and hopefully you've already begun to put those things on your calendar. And so right now, what's a practical thing that you can be doing? Block out you know, you know, that week or two in November, take no meetings or block out your mornings, block out some of your afternoons or your lunches or whatever. So that way you can begin scheduling because it's going to get filled up. Yep. But it needs to be a priority for you to encourage them and to predictably show. So that's a good tangible thing to begin doing now. Block out those times and make it important and communicate that uh, to them. So continue to make sure that you communicate the value because we start off and a lot of times we spend a lot of time in a leader's training saying, hey, make sure that you're showing up predictably or make sure that you're showing up outside the four walls and you cast those visions. And a lot of times in a good leader's training, you're also sharing those stories, whether it's from a parent, a student, you're celebrating a leader who's doing it well. I love Andy Stanley's phrase of what gets rewarded gets repeated. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so thanks, Andy, for always supporting the podcast. The prophet. Well, you know, thanks for supporting leaders. Um, And making sure though, because as you're doing all the details of week in, week out ministry and counseling students and retreats and Dean house and all that stuff, you have to make sure that that vision leaks through everything that you're doing. So to be able to celebrate, um, on a, uh, you know, in that leader's email, that text group, uh, one of our staff members, this is another great thing that just, um, took over our leader communication. One of the first things that they did, I was doing it for years, and this is how I knew I made the right decision, because as <laughs> soon as I handed it off, they innovated it, and it's got a far cleaner look. They use MailChimp now. It's got pictures in it, and it's still sharp, but to the point, concise, and they end each one of it with a praise story. 
And those are great opportunities there to, you know, share our values of what we do um, in the lives of students. And can I speak into that, yeah, please too? Because as yeah. one who receives that, like I, it just makes me as a small group leader this fall, yes, um, you know, just feeling more part of the family. Um, being in the know and being able to celebrate and win. And it's not just I'm an onlooker, I'm a part of it. And so I've just appreciated, you know, that aspect of it's so important how you communicate with your leaders and the value at which you communicate with your leaders because that is going to shape and change the culture or set the culture for your leaders going into the fall. That's a good, that's a really good insight. Uh, I, you know... We recruited Kawhi Leonard this offseason, and Kim Schuler has now joined up as a small group leader uh, here. And so I'm just what a what a steal. I mean, our wow. power rankings have just gone through the roof here. So man, uh, very blessed and highly favored. And just knowing that you are going to make a huge impact on the life of students, but. Again, I think we've kind of hit a little bit maybe at the mindset of a student. Some students may be coming back. Kim, great point. Post-retreat, D now maybe had that great breakthrough moment, but now back into the monotony of life. Um, in our setting, in many settings, weather's getting a little colder. Uh, and so that's that affects moods and affects... Don't want to go out as much. Yeah, affects availability. <laughs> totally. What are things that we need to be thinking about now uh, to make sure that really capitalizing on that season for a student both whether they're coming back from a season of being away or in a season of spiritual spiritual growth or just, hey, they just continue to show up predictably week in and week out. And now by week 10, week 11, it's maybe getting a little stale. So have you programmed out through December? Like what does yeah. your programming look like? Ben, I think um, what you spoke to with the numbers aspect, right, of a small group and attendance, right, and yeah. celebrating and speaking to that with your leaders all through consistently um, to bring encouragement. Because, again, if you see that dip, you want them to know that they are still valuable in their position, even if they have two, three, 10, 15 students in their group. Um, but I think we often get so distracted by kickoff, D now, retreat. And then we get back and we're fried and our programming in November is... Mwah. Right. <laughs> so what or it's are we... phone it's phoned in. Yeah. Totally. You know, it's just predictable. You're like, okay, like we can it it will be good. Right. It'll be fine. Do it in your sleep type of thing. Exactly. You know you can pull it off so you don't give it much thought. Well, what if we had the opportunity now here in early fall to actually give it some intentional thought for our students to be a part of? Um, you know, some some things that I've seen, uh, you know, Joe do and some of the other student leaders across the campuses, Ben, you've done this well, is giving ownership to students to lead out pieces of the environment, pieces of the programming, and it creates a buy-in, it creates in a community, it creates an, in an opportunity for that student to say, hey, I'm leading this at my church on this night, come come hang with me, come check this out. Like, I'm so excited about this. Um, I asked the question of like, why do they want to be here? Why do they want to be here the month of November? What is drawing them in? Um, and Joe, I want to throw this over to you because you said a really sweet line um, as we were just talking through what we wanted to talk about um, during this podcast. And um, 
I just want to let you drop it, drop the knowledge, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, because we often try and draw in students, right, with this great prize over here and or this attraction over here. But it's not all about that. It's about relationships. So, Joe, take it away from here. Yeah, I think that November and December, because of the season that we find ourselves in, you know, as, as a nation with Thanksgiving and Christmas, a lot of conversation begins to focus towards, you know, outreach and generosity and serving in that way. And so I think there's already a natural rhythm there. And so what are you doing to really rally students around something greater than themselves, something that um, each one of them can be a part of, um, each one of them can buy into and have a desire to. And so as opposed to thinking about something that's more hype focused, um, the, the line I said is, you know, it needs to be focused more on a purpose than, than a prize. A purpose than a prize. And now, of course, someone could, you know, with good theology say, well, you know, our purpose is the prize of what we receive in Jesus Christ. And amen to that. Uh, <laughs> but more something, you know, it, it should be more about, you know, a cause than it is about just, you know, getting, you know, winning something or bringing back out for the event and, and so on, or tying those two things to, together. It's like, hey, you're going to do an event, but the event is really, you know, the purpose of, you know, fulfilling a need or, or, or a cause. It's more cause driven really? than that. Um, I think that's, that's where the, a great opportunity to really capitalize on where students are at, especially if it's a post event in which perhaps some of those students are looking to live out their faith. Um, I, I, I forget who it was, but I remember uh, listening to a podcast or hearing a conversation and talking about somebody who becomes a new believer. Those first few months are key in their formation of how they'll live out the rest of their faith. And so if you have a student who just came out of, you know, coming to know Christ at your Dean Hour retreat, what are some of those things that yeah. you're really building into them when they're in a formational uh, period? I mean, and you, you often think about a new believer being born again. We think about a childlike faith, all those, all those beautiful analogies and metaphors that are used for somebody when they come to know Christ as their Savior that we see in Scripture. And I think about it through the lens of a parent. Right, I'm I'm trying to think through with formational things I'm building into my daughter, whether they're their manners or understanding the importance of the word no, uh, <laughs> you know, so that they do carry into the rest of her life that they do help form her. So, what are things that we're doing in the life of a new believer at that time, especially if you're like that's part of your follow up from a yeah. retreat or a denial, saying, hey, as a follower of Christ, we value meeting the needs of others. We value evangelism. We value, you know, what's something like that that you can uh, build into in November? And I think practically speaking, I think on your programming nights, how are you highlighting those stories and life change, either from the retreat and de or your dean now, but thinking through and listening and um, being intentional with your leaders to capture those stories of that student who made a decision that weekend and two weeks later, this is what they just did within their school, within their community and highlighting that and um, really bringing that to light so that other students can see, hey, this student made this decision and look at how God is working in their lives. What are you doing? What about that decision you made two weeks ago? It's that continual reminder again and again of that decision or that direction or whatever they chose um, or if they renewed their commitment to Christ a couple weeks ago to continually remind themselves that, oh, I need to take that next step or I need to go that direction. Ben, have you seen any 
anything work in your environment well, um, thinking through just those lower times of no-show November, um, coming off of a fall retreat, um, you know, what have you seen students really engage in well? You know, I think what you guys have shared as far as wisdom goes is, is so purposeful. You know, we this podcast audience, you know, every night of programming, the primary focus uh, is God and his, and his glory and his advancing work of his kingdom. And, and so I, I'm going to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. That's what we're focusing on, but there's always a secondary focus. And um, n- normally at the launch season, September, it's October, it's the student, it's you. The focus is on that student, um, giving them great experiences, a lot of hype, a lot of fun. And uh, I, I think what you guys have shared here, either in sharing, highlighting testimonies of God's work out of a key retreat or getaway, or in, in focusing on a generosity mindset of others in the community, uh, shifting the focus to others as that secondary focus uh, mm-hmm. creates a fresh perspective that doesn't require a lot of extra work in programming. And so now, as you're getting ready to kick off the year, if you build into your personal calendar that first week back is going to focus on God's work and other students. And the next four weeks are going to focus on others in some way. We're going to build our programming around an other's focus. Uh, I think that brings a lot of fresh content that students get excited about. And I think what you guys shared there is just so wise. I think that, 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 that is so important to make sure is that you don't lose sight of making, uh, of including students in on the process in come that November. And so, you know, if it's that post retreat in D now, you know, uh, your message should be shorter that night, more of a recap what happened because it should be three or four stories of what, you know, the impact that, you know, in students' lives. And so um, maybe for some of you, that's a great opportunity to do um, an own the night. Uh, I, I first heard of it from Justin Knowles of the DYM Hacks podcast and actually a local church around here. I think even perhaps Long before that, they did uh, their own the night. They ran theirs through schools. Um, some do it through grades. So powerful. Uh, we, we did it one year where we did grade specific in the spring. Um, so it was freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors owned a specific night. And then, um, but in the fall prior to, we paired them up. So it was like freshmen and juniors own one night, seniors, sophomores own another. Because you might be off for Thanksgiving or around that season, yeah, as opposed to doing it to four weeks or six weeks or ever doing a two-week consolidation of it would potentially help in just getting buy-in, keeping students at the forefront, and keeping things things fresh. Um, and perhaps even giving that up to focus differently on that time frame um, as opposed to just running programming and so. So um, great insight. So we've kind of talked leaders, students, anything for parents we should be thinking about for this time frame. I think that's always one of the difficult things is you start off again, the year strong, partner with parents, reach out, communication, so on and so forth. Um, what should we be thinking about for, for parents? Obviously communicating key things still, but Absolutely. anything else? I think with that communication, you know, go ahead right now, craft, you know, schedule an hour and, and craft a communication plan um, for parents in November and December that is clear, it, it communicates that they as people matter more than your program. Um, go ahead and tailor it that way. The people matters more than your program because if you that. put That's that into, if you, if you create those Instagram drafts now, if you create those email content headers now, you want to make it clear to the parent that in this season, 
after the big push where you've invited them in, you want to recommunicate that they matter most um, and that you exist to serve them. And when you set that tone rather than, you know, that desperation call for come, 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 join us, join us, join us, get your kid here, uh, that, that is, is tiring to a parent in a busy season. And you want to set them up to understand where your value really is. You know, what it, as you're sharing that, Ben, that gave me a, a, even a thought of again, just I, and I know that we're presuming a lot for some individuals with them having a, a major event around this time frame. But I think that it's true. But if you're having that D now or that retreat as part of the follow up process, maybe that next you know night of programming, you kind of schedule it as such where you do invite the parents to come and. You say, hey, parents, on the front end, we'd love to do a, a dinner with you or during our hangout time or the first 20 minutes of our program time or half hour or whatever, you're going to be in the room with the small group leaders and then you guys are going to um, switch spots. Hmm. You know, and the students are going to go downstairs to the small group room and parents are going to go up to a large group space and they'll hear from you about the weekend and maybe you pick two or three students to share stories as well. But giving that intentional space for even that um, parent to hear directly from a small group leader, you know, because we get it with a student, they come back from, from that event, they might be worn down or they just don't even know how to verbalize that. And some do, some don't, but just creating intentional space to share that that person, that parent matters more than the program. So as opposed to just trying to push to get them to bring their kid, have them be a part of that process. That was good. I think uh, that could be really powerful, Joe, because not only are you then getting that student inside the door, you're getting that parent touch point and not only reminding of the purpose of why we do the programming, right, but also for them to hear the stories of the life-changing stories because the parents don't experience the weekend with the students. And so for them to hear it firsthand in that type of setting and be reminded of God's goodness and what he's doing in the students' lives, I think can be so life-giving, not only for our staff, our students and leaders, but man, for our parents. And, and I think in any of the things that have been brought up, bring parents in from any sort of cause-driven thing. If you're doing some sort of drive, some sort of donation, you're doing an own the night sort of thing and, you know, inviting them to be a part of it because their student is a part of it. I think inviting them into that process, allowing them to see a bit of what's going on is, is key. That's great insight from the two of you. Anything to add about parents before we talk about staff and put a bow on it? Good to go. <laughs> Love parents. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes it feels like you have to parent your staff. <laughs> that's uh, a transition. That is a that's, a, that's a segue. Thanks, Segway, for sponsoring the show. Uh, but what staff? Uh, any, any thought there, especially thinking through uh, whether it's a part of a team or a leadership position, what is something that, and, and you guys sit in, in those seats uh, and have, what is something that uh, we need to be thinking about as a team, a multi-site team now to set us up well for November? I think thinking through, we've come off a high season of fall launches into the D now, the fall retreat as a team. Um, and honestly, I think we can get into the tendency of like, we're just going to coast. Like we're just going to coast until Christmas. Um, and then at our campus, Christmas is ten, uh, you know, tends to be a bigger deal and we're all hands on deck. Um, so programming through Thanksgiving, we've got it. No big deal. Um, 
So how as a staff team can we challenge and really create a culture with each other to take us all to the next level? I think for someone sitting in that central or uh, core, whatever you may call it at your church. Champion. Champion seat. Yeah. um, That is leading out the multi-site student team. I think it's just being mindful of ways to drive innovation and resourcing and just the morale of the team to greater heights during that time so that there can be greater ways for impact across the campuses um, to make sure that leaders, parents, students are all on the same page, are all being invested in um, and all being cared for and encouraged because we know very well that we cannot do ministry without our leaders and there is no ministry without the people and so uh we just want to make sure that as a staff team we're in a good place health like emotionally physically spiritually mentally uh during that time or things will start suffering so how are as a staff team are you caring for each other how are you caring for yourself i think that's most first importantly um during that time or post that retreat um, to really set yourself up for success. So if you're looking at your calendar now, what are you doing to just decompress, to reflect, to just reignite uh, yourself going into November? How are you going to take that time? Um, Block it off now because you know if you don't, it will get filled. Mm. That's good. Ben? Yeah, I think, uh, and and to to, to that point, what you could do as a part of not only encouraging your staff to manage their personal calendars is is to step into their calendar and go ahead now and schedule a November one-on-one or, or you know, just a smaller group combo, break your staff into teams and, and have a bit of a, an evaluation, you know, a launch evaluation for their campus specifically. What are they facing now in this maybe a doldrum of a season? And uh, you know what, uh, to use an analogy, we I think it's commonly understood that Climbing up a mountain is an incredible feat, but climbing back down is actually the more dangerous part of the journey. The like descent. That. that is a really great <laughs> analogy and visual. The descent is harder. You you know just wow. anatomically, your feet don't have eyes. You don't know where you're 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 putting things as you're trying to get the holds that got you on the way up. And and so as you climb to that high, maybe of midfall, all the energy of football season and beyond, uh, you're entering at maybe the more dangerous part of this fall semester and uh, you, you want to you know challenge your staff to that and you also want to protect your staff through that and so uh, be thinking about how you're going to personally engage with them and uh, mentor them through that descent no that again that is so so powerful and i'm just going to say that ben hickson made that one up so that's a ben hickson original I'm sh- i've read that or seen that hundreds of times i'm sure so <laughs> no that's not that's- my own that's good. I think that it's important for the team to, to rally together and to, you know, evaluate whether you're evaluating that event, evaluating the first eight, 10 weeks of the school year, because um, it has probably felt like a whirlwind for so many. And so to sit down and do so and to, to spend that time intentionally looking back, celebrating, um, looking currently and making sure there's room for rest and then looking ahead and saying, hey, what are the conversations we need to begin to have uh, three months from now, six months from now, because there are some some moving pieces still and things that will come. And that reality that, hey, we are entering into a busy season with, with the Christmas uh, and then it will be 
the break and then you'll be launching back into the, the school year. And so what are some things to begin doing in November to set you up well for February and beyond? And something tells me we'll do an episode on that. Uh, <laughs> ben and Kim, this has been a great conversation. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you heard anything that you could speak into and, and help give uh, even greater wisdom to, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions and we can be a help of any way, that is why this podcast exists. We have not figured it out. We've made a lot of mistakes along the way and want to be able to share with you guys from um, God's grace of what he's taught us, what we've learned as a team, and how we're looking to continue to be better together. So uh, follow us on any of the socials at multi multi pod email us at multi multi podcast at gmail.com slide into those dms leave us a, a like rate review subscribe you guys know you listen to podcasts uh and till next time see ya bye, bye.